0: Welcome to Take Notice Amplifying Black Stories. I'm your host, Allison Preissinger Higgins. Take Notice Amplifying Black Stories is a podcast exploring society, culture, and current events through conversation. We aspire to create an open, respectful, and equitable space where guests may feel free to share their truth and lived experiences. Our core values are rooted in community, connection, and personal development. Stories help us learn, relate, and grow. We are here to listen, to take notice, Thank you for being with us. I would like to acknowledge the land on which this episode was created. I would like to show gratitude to the traditional ancestral land of the Showater Bay and Chinook tribes, recognizing that these names are not the original names of the people of these areas. Land acknowledgement statements are an important part of honoring those whose land we now live and work on. We begin each episode this way to help spark ideas and keep these conversations in the front of our minds so that we may continue to be open to doing better. I encourage listeners to research the land on which you live and are listening right now. Recognizing this is just the beginning. And some additional next steps to consider, seek out the stories of Native people from our shared history and today. Maybe spend some time asking yourself difficult questions and challenging norms that may be linked to colonialism. Engage in your community around topics like land tax, curriculum, hiring practices, decision-making, organizing, and reparations. Seek out media created by Native people. The more you explore, challenge, and learn, the more questions may arise, but this is how we grow and connect. Thank you for joining us for Take Notice, Amplifying Black Stories. My guest on this episode is Mo Bell, the newest member of the Take Notice team who has already made such an impact on the growth of our podcast. I was happy to have the opportunity to interview Mo as a way to not only introduce them to you all, but to hear more about their journey. Uh, We discuss growing up in Kentucky, family, and their current path towards earning a degree in social work. And I just want to thank Mo for being open to doing an episode and also just being vulnerable and open to sharing many of the aspects of their life in this episode and in our conversation and in conversations that we have weekly. uh, We tend to go on tangents, which is great. And it's a lot of fun to work with Mo. So thank you, Mo. Mo is a non-binary expressionist, freelancer, medium, traveler, and a MSSW student at the Kent School of Social Work at the University of Louisville. They were born in Lebanon, Kentucky, and currently reside in Louisville, Kentucky. Their work focuses on the abstractions of life and death. They often find solace in life's exploration. They are the social media manager for us, for Take Notice podcast, but also for Oh Hey Coach podcast and Home Appalachia. Their works are published in Loch Norse magazine and in Queer Kentucky's online columns, and that work being poetry. You can find them on Patreon if you search for patreon.com slash trans for thought or on Instagram search for at trans for thought. Thank you for being with us and please enjoy my conversation with Mo Bell. Welcome Mo to this side of Take Notice. You've been helping me with the marketing on Take Notice for the past, I don't know how long it's been now, a couple months Maybe. Not maybe not even a couple. Maybe it's been like a month and a half. And you've been doing amazing and it's been awesome. And I'm excited to have you be on this side of the podcast and hear more about your story and to be able to share more about your story. How are you today, Mo? I'm
1: good. I'm good. There's a weed eater in the background. So I'm sorry.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, That's okay. I can't uh, hear. It. Uh, okay. Hopefully, it doesn't come through. You're good.
1: <laughs> I am good. Just ate a banana and peanut butter smoothie, so that just kind of lifted my spirit a little bit. Just getting kind of getting kind of tired, but we're good.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, you started a a, a new job this week. This week, yeah, yeah. Uh, I started so one to... this week.
1: Um, Here is my cat. Hey, who I never let on the couch? <laughs> okay, we <he> left? <laughs> um, started <laughs> um, so, uh, this week. At Day's Espresso in Louisville, um, mm-hmm. I am a barista, which is cool because it's nice. been a while since I've baristas. So it's kind of nice to get my hands moving.
0: That's cool. Yeah. So you've done it before?
1: Yeah, for like nice. just about four and a half years.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. And you said it's just a few steps from your place, right?
1: Yeah. Literally a six minute walk. It's amazing. That's like nice. turn the corner and then I'm there.
0: hmm Yeah. You're in uh, Louisville, Kentucky. Yes, and, I am. uh So how you grew up, did you grow up in Louisville? You grew up in the Midwest, but where in the Midwest did you grow up?
1: Yeah. Well, some people kick Kentucky out of the Midwest, but I think that we're in the Midwest still. Oh, okay. Um, okay. Yeah. <laughs> but it's okay. No where
0: shade. Were... <laughs> See, I'm from the West Coast completely, so I know nothing. Uh, what would some people say Kentucky is? What section then? some people are like
1: it's the south but then other people are like it's not the south and then it's like a whole like whole thing oh okay Um, yeah but i'm originally from Lebanon, kentucky and that's like an hour and 15 down the road but yeah i've been in louisville for a little over a year now it was like a year at the beginning of november and it's been nice It's very different. I moved from Lebanon to Covington, Kentucky, which is like near Cincinnati, in 2012. So that's been like 10 years ago. And Mm -hmm. I've been kind of away for 10 years. So Okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah. What brought you up there?
1: Um, I went to school at NKU, Northern Kentucky University, um, and studied a Bachelor of Arts in Integrative Studies. I was really active as a student. Like really active i think i was part of five student organizations mm-hmm. i worked um a part-time job on campus and i worked a part-time job off campus and then was a full-time student which is crazy wow. insane to think about um, those
0: are some packed days yeah mm-hmm. yeah
1: and like a lot of the things that i did too um i worked in the lgbtq programs and services office as a student programming research assistant so i spent majority of my days like spending with students, but also like programming events that were happening on campus because the office was new. Mm -hmm. Um, It was like the first year for the office. It was really fun, um, but there was also like a a lot of stress, um, especially as a student. And there's not enough hours in a day to support students. I also was a student, but I wasn't really doing a good job at taking care of my mental health, but I was willing to give the resources to other people um, Mm -hmm. because... That's just who I am, um, which is a whole other thing. But I'm in therapy now, which is good. <laughs> mm. Yeah, but yeah. it was it was very cool. I honestly didn't think I was going to graduate. Um, for the longest, I wanted to drop out, like my like at my three year mark, because I was just like, I'm not doing anything. I'm just here to learn, and I don't know why I thought like learning was so bad. I, at one point, um, so. I kind of like kicked out of that. My advisor at the time helped me. Shout out to Jeff Gerton Um he's amazing. But <laughs> yeah. There you go. He really he really helped me a lot. Um and believed mm-hmm. in me and like believed in who it is that I am. I also was coming out as like queer at the time and it was just that was a whole battle. Um I came out as like when I was 12 um to my parents and it was like this is the phase, all the things that people hear. Oh, and I was yeah. like, this is not a phase.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, I still am very gay. I'm still very, very, very there. Um, <laughs> and I don't plan on leaving anytime soon. <laughs> <laughs> Me and my partner crack up. Like, we have jokes about that all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was not It was not a good space to um, to come out into, especially growing up in a, like between a Methodist household and a Baptist household. So it's like the mixture mm-hmm. of all the things in right. a Catholic town. So,
0: Oh yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Very weird. But
0: yeah. yeah. Who were you surrounded by at that time? Your parents and did you have siblings and, and all that when,
1: part? when I was 12, when I came out, I was living with my dad and then my dad and my sister and my stepmom and my stepbrother. Um, my mom lived in Bardstown, Kentucky they had been divorced for honestly. I think they were. I don't know the logistics on this, but I think that they were divorced by the time I was born.
0: Okay, mm-hmm. but
1: they were still together mostly because of you now because of the kids. Um, but mm. I feel like that never works out for people. Um, not, it didn't work not. out. In yeah, situation. yeah. I was like, it <laughs> did not work out in the situation that we were in. Um,
2: yeah. Which
1: they they did know, so they eventually split. But I was with them with my dad. Um, my stepmom, but it was, I had friends, like, in high school when I came out, but when I came out again, I basically was 18 and living in college by myself, so, because I had no friends come up there, I kind of just, like, left the nest and was like, I'm leaving, I ain't never coming back, I'm never going to live here, I used to tell my friends that all the time, which I was very serious about it. I still kind of will do anything to not go back to Lebanon. Mm -hmm. Um, Some people, it works out perfectly for them because I know a lot of, like, folks that I went to high school with have recently come out or they are openly um, LGBTQ+. But it's not, there's no access to things. Like, there's no, there's not a whole lot of resources. There's no LGBTQ centers. There's no, like, Mm. gay bars. There's no sober Queer spaces, all the things. Those it just doesn't exist there. Mm-hmm. Like population six thousand, so like it's a right. very small town. But in like in school, I kind of found like a safe haven in the office, especially working there. So Bonnie uh, Meyer was my boss, and she was essentially my mother. I literally called her my gay mother because <laughs> she literally was, um, and she took care of me in ways that. I've never been like taken care of. Um, mm-hmm. She like is the first person that ever mentioned to me that I should probably go see a therapist. No one has ever mentioned that to me. I had mm-hmm. no idea that was an even option. Um, mm-hmm. except for like, you know, in school when I showed out like problematic behavior, which is breaking dress code and wearing a skirt too short. Um, but I'm just like that doesn't <laughs>
2: like that doesn't cut it. <laughs> like <Right. laughs>
1: I had like forty something violations for dress code because I was just like, I don't care.
0: Mm-hmm. Like
2: mm-hmm.
1: I don't know. And then a lot of those were like wrapped around my hair because I used to have a huge like a big, huge afro. Um Oh yeah. Which is like you think
2: And you got like, violations 20, for that, yeah.
1: huh? Right. And I'm twenty seven, so I'm not like I'm not sixty, but this right. is Kentucky. This is the South still. Um, and they still go by these rules. Like you can't wear certain you can't wear certain like hairstyles, you can't wear color in your hair, you can't do certain things in schools and this is like high school. So my hair was in an afro and I was told that I couldn't sit in the front of the classroom, but like I can't go to the back of the classroom until somebody to get up out mm. of their seat and let me sit in their seat when my last name starts with a B and I had to sit in the front of the class, you know, like, it was just oh. like <laughs> just certain things right. that were like students would report me for that. And then um, I remember specifically like a math teacher that had reported me because he could see like a little bit above my knee at my desk. And I'm just like, so like, why are you looking at my knees? <laughs> like?
0: It, right what are you doing like yeah. you're a grown man and there are other things to be focused on <laughs> right uh, yeah huh which and is this like is, so that would be i'm thinking of dates or times years. 2011 yeah 2011
1: right Ugh. right yeah this is like and you think the, these things would be like late 90s early like or 80s or something i don't know right. the time periods for that actually i mean they still happen I mean, everywhere yeah
0: yeah, 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 it definitely does. Yeah, but the k- misconception is that that was in the past, you know? Right. And, and that well, it's beyond like right that. Now. Really not. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I the, mean, nuts. women and femmes today, like, we still experience a lot of, like, all types of everything. Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? And then, especially being, you know, POC, black, all of the above, all the greatness, like, you're just, someone's looking at you double time, you know? Like,. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's very aggravating.
0: <laughs> hmm. Yeah. And especially when in high school or school in general, it should be a space that's safe to go to just learn and focus on learning, socializing yeah. with folks and, and growing. Yeah. But then there's all these distractions of all these things that you have to fit into instead of just being, which is yeah. really needs to shift.
1: I like the, I like, very much so consider myself that likes to rebel against those things because of not necessarily rebel but like I like to make people question things Mm -hmm. and I like to question authority because I feel like it's important if no one's questioning authority why is authority there in the first place I just don't I don't like when people try to control other people and I just don't think that it's fair yeah and that's something spiritually I think that I've been kind of dealing with too um especially when it comes to like family and the way that family dynamics work especially as like an adult super weird I haven't really been like super close with my family this year or even throughout like the whole pandemic um essentially Mm -hmm. I just like started seeing like you know people's true colors quote unquote
2: Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm.
1: and especially during the whole Trump administration and just like everything that had been happening and like all my racist family members decided to just come out of the, come out of wherever they were living. And I was just like, I, I don't have time for this. I really mm-hmm. don't have time for this. I don't have the time. I don't have the energy. And then <laughs> I'm starting, I started testosterone in 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was, I kept that kind of like a secret for a time period. I didn't tell my family. I haven't really talked to my family about it except for my sister. Um, and I was going using he, him pronouns at the time, which I no longer use he, him or she, her pronouns. Um, Mm -hmm. they, them all day, every day. Um, (laughs) but it was just, it's really hard to explain that to someone when it's such like a personal spiritual thing for me that I know that they're not going to understand it 100%. But shutting down the idea and just like shutting someone out. Doesn't help. Like, not talking about it doesn't help. Not allowing space for someone to talk about themselves does not help. And, like, also brushing people off to a therapist doesn't help. And I've just been like focusing a lot on like community and like what that means this year specifically. Yeah. <laughs> it's been wild. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. It sounds like a lot of growth and change and sorting things out. Yeah. Yeah, it it seems like it's been in that way for many people in a lot of different ways. Like it's right. like the past since everything the pandemic hit.
1: It's like uh, the whole world is in a transitional period. Yeah.
0: It's, it's very
1: weird like and I really think I don't I may be going off of nothing here, but as a as a millennial, <laughs> mm-hmm. I had to say it. <laughs> um, as a millennial, I really feel like Gen X and millennials and Gen Zers, we all like kind of knew this was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Like everybody's been talking about the fall of capitalism for like a really long time, but specifically around like the two thousand mark because we're just like okay like what's going on and like why is toilet paper literally i'm just using toilet paper as an example but i specifically remember last year toilet paper being 20 dollars for an eight pack and the whole thing
0: yeah and i Uh was
1: like we're just right and i'm just like are we in a free market like when did like the free market is like yes but like also what's going on like (laughs) what i can't afford that right (laughs) Like, no not. one can afford $20 for a paper. Like, that's 20 meals at McDonald's, which no one should eat at. True. But. <laughs> but as an example. Right. Yes. <laughs>
0: uh. <laughs> yeah, it's it's been wild. And I'm, maybe it's – I because I was thinking, as I said, like uh, – there's so much transition in the world happening and so but maybe that's just in our worlds like the folks that we know I don't know yeah it's just a thought out there but because maybe there's other people that are like this is just let's just keep plowing through and try to get back to the back to the way it was back to the way it was yeah I mean I see that here
1: a lot like I was working at UPS for like a short time period I think I I told you that the one week that I worked at UPS
0: yeah yeah -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) funny.
1: um <laughs> but there were so many people that were just like yeah like this is really great pay and this is really great and it's really awesome I'm just like I could not do this like I literally yeah. cannot do this after being like academia for so long and then going out into the, the real world um mm-hmm. <laughs> I guess you could say really shocked me like severely shocked me because i had been in school for 16 years and then I'm over here struggling to figure out where I'm going to be working or like what I'm going to be doing. Cause I don't have a degree in like something specific. Um, Yeah.
0: Yeah. That makes it a little harder. Uh
1: But it was just wild like working at UPS and just hearing folks stating about how great money they're making at $19 an hour. And I'm just like, who can live off of this? Like if minimum wage is anything, it should be starting at $36 an hour essentially. But our family does own some land. But it's like, we can't afford it. Like <laughs> mean, We can't afford the land. Like we just um, cannot afford it. Yeah. Um, and I was, this might be some tea. If my dad ever listens to this, it's fine. <laughs> we were just talking about it. Um, mm-hmm. But I just, it's the secrecy of, of the land that bothers me. And before I got on here, I was actually talking to my roommate about this, um, which is kind of it's it's kind of wild, <laughs> but my family is. We essentially have some land. We've had a lot of family members pass away. There is some money due on the land, and like the the folks of the generation before me, my parents, my dad, his siblings,
2: mm-hmm. are
1: essentially supposed to be taking care of the land um, and paying for it and all the things. But it's just really expensive. Like it's too expensive for them to pay this amount. Like I I can't even imagine putting anything down on this land now because I don't know how much we bought it for. I know it was like super cheap what we'd see today, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. So it's probably around like 150,000 or more. Who knows?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I don't know the exact number, but no one wants to talk about the separation of what's going on. <laughs> like there's no like communication about who's going to be delegating what like it essentially is a business. Like the land is the business for the family, Right. But family and business sometimes just don't work, like, at all. yeah. But also, like, if money and capitalism was not a thing, the land wouldn't have to be paid for. And then we also were talking about, like, how that relates to, like, generational curses and, like, Mm. generational trauma and how this land is, like, a whole, like, physical representation of the trauma of my ancestors and I was just like, this is wild. Why am I relating to this like Mm -hmm. so deeply? I mean, it's honestly a thing because like when I go home, like we don't talk to each other. (laughs) Like we turn the TV on and that's our, that's that's me hanging out with the family, Mm -hmm. Um, which is like great and like spending time is great. But also like, I am like, there's so many other things happening in life that is affecting everyone else I can't just focus on myself um and just sit in my like comfort but also I'm just like black people deserve peace (laughs) and I'm like maybe my dad just wants a peace. (laughs) (laughs) but it's like this whole it's like this whole dichotomy of like I don't know like I don't know what he's thinking or like what he's going through Um, right but I'm not really close to him and I have this whole life outside of him which like I love him but I'm like come Mm -hmm. on now (laughs) come on now (laughs) you know Mm -hmm. but
2: yeah yeah yeah
0: it can be depending on what I've learned anyway is that for certain generations or just for certain people depending on what they grew up with it's hard to to break out of that that comfort zone of, yeah. you know, if they're used to having um, a lack of vulnerability, I suppose, then they're probably wanting to stick with that lack of vulnerability or what, ha- you know, so it can be hard when you're like ready to like, here's all the stuff. Let's just be, you know, and, and yeah. go through it all. And then the other parties like, I'm what you know, yeah. doing their own thing. So yeah, that can be that can be hard. And then when there's a family business involved, land or, or what have you, like that's even exponentially difficult.
1: Is it? It's pretty intense.
0: Is it more like the land is was paid off, but there's like the taxes on it and that kind of thing? Is that? What's i I'm creating? really not
1: sure. I have yeah. no idea. Um, but mm-hmm. I know that maybe one day I might have to find out. So
0: right, which sucks yeah.
1: because I mean, again, with generational curses and that being passed down like that's passed down to my sister and I Mm
0: -hmm. um
1: I have one biological sister she's literally a powerhouse she's older older she is three years older than I am and she has one one biological child and I think she has like six stepchildren oh Um, yeah I could never have kids um She is an amazing mother, and I could never do it. Like, I could never have children. I'm just like, like, nope, I'm okay. Um, (laughs) I'll give them back to you now. Right, right. Yeah. yeah. But I'm, like, honestly Uh just now coming around. Um, So, I mean, I've kind of been, like, not present um, Mm -hmm. for many reasons. Um, Mm -hmm. And just clarity. I feel like a lot of people need clarity away from family sometimes. Yeah. um, To just, like, see... Everything for face value, I guess.
0: Yeah. Is she in the area?
1: She is she's about forty minutes away from me, so she's closer to my dad in Barchtown. Or she's near Barchtown. I can't remember if she lives in Barchtown or New Haven. New Haven, Kentucky. Mm. Um, which is even smaller than Lebanon. Okay. I think it's like population maybe like five hundred.
0: Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Like
1: our house is like right around the school, right around the corner from the school. And I think it goes from why do I think it goes literally from like first grade to twelfth grade? Like that's just
0: the entire school is Yeah, the, I think it's yeah. the
1: entire school. Which is like super it just feels weird there. Um there's a lot of like Southern prideurs, if you will, like people mm-hmm. that literally like carry Rumor flags and say literally they literally do all the things all the stereotypical things that you think about about kentuckians but also like there are people that you know there are people everywhere um but there are people that do other things other than that there Mm -hmm. but it's nice and quaint though when i talk about the nature of it Mm -hmm. the actual physical nature of the place
0: yeah yeah
1: everything is just like so outdated (laughs) here i like i've lived in california um, I lived there for seven months in Fresno. It's not like you know, Ooh, Fresno, but <laughs> <laughs> but it was it was interesting. Definitely a culture shock as well. I think I just really and en- I just really enjoy culture culture shocks um, because I feel mm-hmm. like they're important to life um, mm-hmm. to experience new things all the time. Um, especially when I feel like I need to learn something. My mother had passed away in two thousand seventeen. Mm. um she was pronounced dead by a heart attack um but i think i'm pretty sure it was an overdose Mm. um like me and my sister are both like pretty positive about it um Mm. she's always had like substance abuse issues and everything else but she had a really rough childhood growing up and my just give you like a little little Mm -hmm. synopsis my dad is black my mom is white we have some Mexican folks on my mom's side, and then mostly, most all black folks on my dad's side. But it was, it was just like, things were not easy for her. And she just like, really, she always told me like, I, I could just never figure it out. Like I can never figure it out. I'm not a good mother. Like she would just take all these like terrible things that people would tell her. And I'm like, you're actually not like a terrible mother. Like you just have a lot of mental health problems. Um, or issues, not problems, that you have no control over. Um, And she did deny access, like, she denied resources, um, because I, you know, I truly think that she didn't think that she deserved them, which, like, I talk to my therapist about this all the time, like, deserving things and, like, what that means and the guilt around deserving things, um, because I feel like I go through that, you know? Like, before we moved into this apartment, I was like... I don't feel like I deserve to have a place to live in myself or to have a mm-hmm. space to curate um, because I was just so depressed um, with everything that had happened. But she she was a powerhouse though. Like She really would get anything that she wanted. She would get it like, like I did with this couch. Um, <laughs> but that's how she okay. would do things. And she was like, I will pay it off by this day and she'll have it paid off.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but I'm sure she made a lot of sacrifices that I could never think about. Um, doing which is also another reason why i just don't want kids i have a lot of trauma to go through and like understand and i could imagine what she was going through she was taken to like a foster home and when she was like 16 her mom kicked her out of the house and she also like i don't know like she just wasn't (laughs) she wasn't in a clear space i'm like she's Mm -hmm. in she was born in mount washington kentucky Um, It's about the same um, population as New Haven where my sister lives. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's like right next to Springfield and everything else too. So it's just not, it just ain't it. (laughs) Like it's not it to me. Mm -hmm. Um, Although it's beautiful there. Like when I talk, like I say the nature of things. right? Um, It's absolutely gorgeous there. The sunset, amazing. You can see all the stars. It's like right above sea level. So you can, it's, there's no, I had no problems with allergies when I lived there. Oh, um, um, yeah. Yeah, it was just so nice. Like the, <laughs> I say like the movies where you see like the kids like playing in the yard. That essentially was the house that I grew up in, which is nice. If you don't think about everything else that happened. <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and I think that's called disassociation. Um, <laughs> but that's fine. <laughs> um. My mom is also the reason why I, a huge reason why I want to go, why I'm going to grad school. I'm um, starting in January um, studying okay, social yeah. work. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So I'll be starting at the Kent School of Social Work and really excited to kind of delve into that. She always wanted to be a social worker too. And
2: she mm-hmm.
1: said, I God's going to end up being a social worker, um, which <laughs> we found out who that is real quick. Yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but right. Yeah. It really
1: was. Um, that's yeah awesome. she she would help anyone that came nearby.
0: That's awesome, And the school that you'll be going to is in Louisville as well,
1: right? yeah, yeah. Uh, University of Louisville, actually nice,
0: so yeah that's exciting. You start in January,
1: yeah. yeah, it's coming up It's that's wild
0: awesome. yeah, that's really exciting,
1: yeah, Very cool. I'm excited' i I definitely think that I want to do a therapy track, so
0: mm-hmm. yeah. yeah.
1: I'm not sure what that looks like, but we're gonna figure it out.
0: Yeah, (laughs) that's part of the adventure. (laughs) That is. That is. I'm
1: just like a practicum, what's (laughs) that? Right. I'm like, I don't know.
0: Learn all about
1: it. it. Yeah. (laughs) Literally. I'm just gonna take it as it comes. Yeah. And not stress myself out.
0: Totally. It's the way to do it. One thing at a time. Mm -hmm. Literally. That's awesome. Um, And you've had you've at least, I mean, even in just me knowing you in the last month and a half, you've had a a couple different jobs and you've had yeah. a couple different or sounds like multiple organizations that you've been a part of too. What what has been kind of your experience moving because th- I've had multiple jobs myself. So, I mean, you're not alone, <laughs> but <laughs> like what's been your experience moving through those different jobs or being a part of the different organizations that you feel passionate about joining?
1: Yeah. Honestly, I feel like ever since I went to college, I've had, like, multiple jobs. I don't think I've ever actually had, like, my mindset on, like, a career. Um, It's mostly just, like, based around what can I learn from this? Yeah. Um. Mm-hmm. So, like, I mean, the past year has been super weird <laughs> for a multitude of reasons. But, like, for me, it's been, like, just, like, this whole new space of learning on how to be my own boss. Because I was working at a hotel um, in Covington and i loved it when i first started and then i started to like my passion for customer service started to diminish in a multitude of ways and i was just like i I was like the customer is like literally not always right (laughs) like they're not like and i'm just like me as a customer i'm not always right because i don't know everything about the space like i don't know everything about everywhere i go i don't know everything about kroger Right. Um, yeah, I didn't know that their sliced deli and cheese was cheaper than buying the other cheese and delis <laughs> until right. last week, you know. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, but I do a lot of social media managing right now. So I do social media for Take Notice, as you know, <laughs> which mm-hmm. it's been really fun uh, working Good. with you. I'm so glad that we connected. Me too. Um, yeah. yeah, I'm excited to see where everything goes and... To continue as long as you allow me to do so. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah um, and I also do social media for Oh Hey Coach, which is a career uh, consulting and coaching. My cousin, her name is Ronnie Dickerson Stewart. She's amazing. She is the coach guru of Oh Hey Coach. Um, and she has been my mentor since I was 13. Um, mm-hmm. She's the first person that ever introduced meditation to me. And she was living in Chicago at the time. But it was, like, so – it was so amazing. Mm -hmm. Um, And then she, like, taught me a lot about marketing. Um, She went to school for marketing. And she – I don't know if she currently works at Zoom, but I know she worked at Zoom at some point Mm -hmm. um, within this past year. But, yeah, I do social media for them. And then I also do social media for Home Appalachia. It's an LGBTQ center space, workspace in Pikeville, Kentucky, which is not that far away from here. I'm pretty sure maybe like two hours, Mm -hmm. not too far away from Louisville. It may be less than that. I've never driven to Pikeville from Louisville, but I've driven from Cincinnati. It Mm -hmm. was long because I took the back (laughs) roads. Yeah. (laughs) I was going through the hills and everything, and I was like, I don't know where I'm at.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's always fun.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Um, So I do all three of those. And then I am also a barista. Um, Just started this week at Days. Mm -hmm. Um, How I have time in all of this. Um, I don't really sleep that often, to be honest. Um, If I do, I maybe sleep like four to five hours a night. Um, But I just really like to create things um, Mm -hmm. or learn things. I'm hoping that it doesn't literally bite me in the end when I'm older. So. I'm hoping mm-hmm. it isn't. Yeah. I like to stay active outside. So I've been doing a lot of walking around and go to yoga on Tuesdays and Thursdays. I really just think life is about, you know, enjoying things, enjoying mm-hmm. and also learning.
0: Yeah. You were telling me about an event that you were a part of la- uh, the weekend before last. Did you want to, and I I haven't heard any uh, oh, yeah. progress with that. Did you want to share about that?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I would love to share. I, um, I will not say the names.
0: Yes. Okay.
1: Um, but I was a part of this event um, that was online this year. It's usually in person. It's like an, it's usually an open mic night, but this year they were doing like an annual like arts um, auction online, which is cool. Um, yeah. So there was some racist things that happened.
0: Yeah. And you were brought on to, read some poetry right yeah i I was brought
1: on to read some poetry um which i've been doing for the past nine years Mm -hmm. um for this organization in specific Mm -hmm. um and it's always super fun the only sucky part about it is that it was online so you know Mm. i can't go to my favorite coffee shop and read some poetry Mm -hmm. um which their coffee is really good um (laughs) yeah the coffee is I forgot what I was saying. Um, I'm about to get into like a coffee snob thing. So I'm not going to say <laughs> that. Because I could literally talk to you about coffee for days. Um, and espresso and the tamping of everything. And what Porter filter goes where. Okay. Sorry, I'm done. <laughs> um, so basically what had happened was. Um, we were on there. And then it was supposed to be an auction. I was supposed to come on. Literally like after the introduction of the auction. But I was like graced over which, like, I think it was just, like, a miscommunication or, like, someone didn't, like, read the script or, like, the rundown of things. Mm -hmm. Um, But the host, during that time period, there were two hosts. One of the hosts had their child, like, on camera and, like, they were, like, doing, like, joking things. I guess it was supposed to be satire, but I wasn't really sure if it was satire. I, I didn't really ask questions. I was just, like, yeah, I was, like, I don't know if this is satire or not. It's really awkward. I'm um, also, like, the only Black person that's, like, on this on this live that I could see. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't – they were using StreamYard. So, like, I was kind of, like, in the background. Like, if you know anything about StreamYard, the folks that you want to bring on, uh, you can, like, mute their video or, like, have them not in the live yet until, oh. like, it's time for them to come to live. Right. It's really awesome. So, I was, like, in the background, but my video was on. I could turn my video off, but I was, like, sitting in the background, hanging out, vibing. And my partner's in the room, in my bedroom, watching the video, and it's mm-hmm. excruciating because I'm just, like, sitting there awkward, and I was like, oh, it's, like, 30 minutes past my time to be on. Oh.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Um, but she, the person um, that was hosting, that I, that was on my left, I'm visualizing this, I'm closing my eyes. Yeah. She was on my left, and she was like, I... um." you know, we just want to go ahead um, and state that all the proceeds for this is for, um, goes to this organization um, because we are inclusive and all these things, this is how she starts it. I'm just like, oh, this is like really great. And then she goes into like talking about how she knows what it's like to be, I don't know how she got here. I just like heard this and was just like, I I don't remember anything else she said before that. Um, and she was like, I just want to go ahead and say that, like, I understand, like, how hard the struggles have been um, for just, like, you know, black people, and people of color, uh, because I'm a woman and this person is a white woman from the South. I am just like, this is not how this goes. <laughs> this is not it. And then she kept, she was saying, like, $5 no holla on the live um, my aunt's on this live. I got two cousins that hopped in on the live. My partner's watching the live. And I'm just, like, I'm not the only Black person that's seeing this, right? Mm. Um, and I was just, like, where's my community at? <laughs> like, I was just, <laughs> like, I don't know what's going on. Um, but I'm, like, muted. So, I, like, finally turned my... Like, I was just, like, this. Like... <laughs> my eyes are like wide open oh, no. and I'm just like is she really doing this mm-hmm. but one of the hosts that's in the background with me can see my face because uh-huh. I had my video on and <laughs> she was like I think it's time for you to bring Mo up and I was just like yeah I have to hop off here in like five minutes because I mean I had plans You're like over I had time plans that even. night and it's I was uh-huh. like way over time yeah I couldn't stay for the whole live I didn't know how long it was gonna last it was supposed to be an hour um definitely lasted. way. But it was just, like, not okay. And I mentioned to them about the whole thing, about how it's, how it was just, like, really unprofessional and also, like, really racist that she said that. And that I understand, like, the struggles that women have, but there are also struggles that Black people have. And I feel like I'm always the person that calls people out, which, like, I don't mind being that person, but also, like, why is it always got to be the Black person to call somebody out? Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm just like, nobody else said anything. The person that organized this event and, like, invited me onto this literally was egging on for someone to, like, dab during the, um, like,
2: hmm.
1: dab for, like, people to, to come in on the auction. And I was just like, this is like, to me, this feels like appropriation of Black culture. And it was just like this whole thing. And it was just like, it was crazy. And I talked to my partner about it and they were just like, you were not in the wrong. And I was just like, good, because I really just needed to like <laughs> come back in my space here. Like, <laughs> where that am I? Happened.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: but I sent them an email. I sent it directly to the, the person that asked me to come on
2: um, mm-hmm. and
1: read. And they were like, you know, really professional about it. Um, I told them that I just felt really uncomfortable and that if they're going to be inclusive or quote unquote, say that they're inclusive, then essentially don't bring black people to the table and say that you're inclusive and then literally slap them in the face with it. Mm
2: -hmm. Like,
1: cause that's not how that works. (laughs) Like you can't, you can't do that. I have Mm -hmm. been on so many boards in college where that's happened where Mm -hmm. like, they just want people in seats and they don't want to listen to you talk or they don't want to hear your experiences. And like a lot of students and a lot of people are hurt by that. If you want me to talk about what I went through on campus as a A black person who's queer listen to me don't just have me here record my story throw it out to the world and then tell everybody you're an inclusive campus or like you're an inclusive something or you know like that's it's it's propaganda like you're you are doing exactly what our oppressors have been doing for years on end and it just (laughs) the cycle never ends if that just continues But the action, I recommended them to potentially go to like sensitivity trainings and everything and was like, I can give you a recommendation if you need them. I'll happily sit in on them, whatever. I will travel to said city and participate in them um, if you would like to have someone in person because that you can't be doing that. (laughs) Like you're representing the state, Mm
2: -hmm. like you're
1: representing the state of Kentucky, (laughs) <laughs> i'm like ah, we can do that mm-hmm. um but uh they later sent me an email i it took me forever to like respond to them because i was just like i don't even want to talk to you but like i want this to happen mm-hmm. um and i want this to to not exist anymore or happen again but i sent. they sent me an email back and basically told me that they are going to be in sensitivity trainings that they have those already planned Um, And I was like, cool. And then they asked me um, if it was okay that they mention that I said something, but it could, it could like not necessarily be anonymous. So I guess they would have to like tell them who said it. And I was like, you know, this is really invasive, but like, yes, that's okay. Because I am, I am who I am. So I don't really mind if it's anonymous for me if somebody was going to do something to me, they would have already done it. (laughs) Like, you know, I was just like, I, I I don't know, but yeah, they're doing those. And then the host followed up later in the week and sent an email to everyone on the listserv for this organization, which is like thousands of people. That's, this is a grassroots organization as well, just to give people some, Mm -hmm. some, some hindsight. Yeah. So, She, like, essentially, like, apologized and stated that she is working toward being a better human, essentially. And I really appreciated that because, yeah, I I just think that that's that's a good way to approach the situation is to just, like, go ahead and state your faults. Let everybody know that what you did was wrong because this live was literally there. I think it's still accessible to people on Facebook. Uh Um,
0: Yeah.
1: And I was just like, this is... (laughs) I don't, I don't know. This is not okay. But I'm really happy that they're going through like sensitivity trainings. And I'll be excited if they like have me come and like talk about what I think um, with that and just like how inappropriate that is. Cause I would be completely down to. Um, mm-hmm. Cause they're, you know, not bad people, but you know, just not conscious white folks um, at the current moment. Um, right. But we all working. We all, all working to make the world a better place. Hmm. Yes. Not an easy road to get there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's good to hear that they took your your thoughts, absorbed yeah. them, and are at least making. I honestly to...
1: did not expect them to say that and like mm-hmm. take the response because I I've not had good experiences calling people out. Hmm. Yeah. So,
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a big deal. Then past yeah. ten years. Uh huh. Yeah. 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 I mean, there's so many directions that it could have gone <laughs> for sure. I imagine that's a little nerve-wracking to broach. Yeah, yeah. I was like, is somebody you know. gonna
1: show up in my doorstep or like what? <laughs> right. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm like, cause y'all got my address on my on the list serve. Cause
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, this sounds like a potentially one of the better um responses. Then, right. Doing yeah, training, they do really
1: good work too. So
0: yeah. Well, that's. Unfortunate, but at least maybe some some education, some growth will come from yeah. it, from the experience. From, I so part. many
1: people doing the same things at the organizations, mm. um, or just like you know, the nonprofit industrial complex as well. It's like a whole thing. So like, yeah. we're doing all types of things with nonprofits these days.
0: Yep. But, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Um. <laughs> It brings up a lot of thoughts on my end, but I will not get into it. <laughs> so, <laughs> yes. Wow. I'll happily well, talk to you about it. We yeah. can talk about it some other time. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. And text it to me. I don't know. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I think actually, I think put some of my thoughts we have talked about previously. So, But yes, we, we talk about whatever, whenever. That's, and yeah. we do. We, we do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: We should record all of our meetings. <laughs> <laughs> I, we really should. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> That'd be pretty good. Uh, so let's see. Curious what or who, who or what has been your most or your biggest influence, either growing up or in choosing your career choice that's coming up, social work, any of that? What comes to mind?
1: So many. Do I have to choose one?
0: Like, no, you can share whatever comes to mind.
1: Cool. Um, most specifically, when I think about social work, my mom is like my biggest influence. We didn't have the best relationship when I was growing up. And we did not have the best relationship <laughs> throughout my entire life. And her entire life, let's put that, <laughs> her life with me. Mm-hmm. But she, she was just really passionate um, about people um, and she loved people, even if if you had nothing, she loved you. Sometimes she was not good at showing it, but she did. She mm. she really did. She always wanted to go, and she always wanted to go back to school. Um, she never. I don't think she. I don't think that she finished high school, to be honest. But I think that she got her GED, um, and she worked in nursing homes. She loved the medical system and just learning everything medical. She essentially was a social worker without a degree. She just loved talking about her patients and just like people that she was around. She loved taking care of other people. Um, She really like, she just, if, to be honest, I really think my mom was a doula, like a transition or death doula of some sort. I don't Mm. know, but she definitely was my number one influence. And the reasons why I am who I am today um, she was the first person I came out to. Um, I didn't even live with her, and I came out to her. I wrote her a six-page letter, front and back, <laughs> and I was like, "I know you caught me watching Tila Tequila," and it was just like this whole thing. Which Tila Tequila is canceled right now. To me, I love it. Oh,
0: yeah. I didn't realize. Yeah.
1: To me, she is. <laughs> <laughs> but we don't we don't involve a lot of people into cancel culture, but Tila is one of those. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really like cancel culture, to be honest. Um, I just said it because I'm it you know, trendy, um, <laughs> and I'm still a millennial. <laughs> 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 <Interesting>. <laughs> no, um, but yeah, my mom and then my cousin Ronnie has. She's been great, um, especially with support for many things. Like I'm, I'm the weird kid in the family. Um, <laughs> I'm the one that still listens to Screamo, and they thought it was a phase. <laughs> Um, and like, you know, all these things. I literally dress mostly goth attire. Um Every day I'm wearing black, probably all black. If I wear a color, I'm probably going to a rave. But my cousin, like, always just reminding me to, like, be my authentic self, whatever that looked like. And Bonnie Meyer, Meredith Smith. There's so many people that, like, influence who I am. My roommate influences me. Um She reminds me to not... <laughs> to not be so rageful or angry, because that can be a lot. I am an Aries moon, if anyone wants to know, (laughs) Mm -hmm. and the Gemini sun. So that's like a huge mix of all types of things. But so many things, so Mm -hmm. many people. I
0: think think that's really cool that even though you may have had a difficult relationship with your mom, she's still the biggest influence and, and how that can happen. I think that's really special. Yeah.
1: I, I agree. I get really emotional when I talk about her because, you know, she's not here. <laughs> yeah. But, like, yeah. there there are moments where, like, I want to call her and just tell her, like, something that I've done just so she can hear it. Um,
2: mm-hmm.
1: Like, she wasn't necessarily present. Um, She didn't go to, like, any of my graduations or, like, anything. Mm-hmm. Sometimes she also, like, wouldn't show up to pick us up for visitations. Excuse me. But also, like, I still love her. Like I still love her. Um, it's a weird, like I said earlier, like families are really weird. Family dynamics are such weird things as adults. Mm-hmm. I think it's just going to continue getting weirder. Um, Very possibly. <laughs> and, yeah, I'm just like I don't know. Like yeah. when I talk to when I want to talk to my mom, like I'm not religious, but I consider myself as someone who is interested in building spirit. I light an incense at my altar, which I have been a pronoun atheist for years um and i'm lighting an incense on an altar so like what does that say i don't know
2: right (laughs) Mm -hmm.
1: i don't know but yeah i just i want to do things that continue to uplift her because she didn't have an uplifting life and there are mothers and fathers and parents and siblings and nibblings that don't have uplifting lives that still need uplifting which is why I think is like super important that, you know, I think it's super important for me personally to connect to my altar and my ancestors, no matter what I do. Because the battle has been the battle has been long <laughs> and it's still going. You know. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> I'm about to cry. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, thanks yeah. for sharing that. No problem. I think that's a good spot for us to hear anybody or any organization that you'd like to mention that we haven't talked about yet. Um, but you, that you want to share with folks listening. Is there anybody in mind?
1: I just think about all the folks, you know, take notice podcasts, <laughs> home appalachia. Yeah. Um, and oh hey coach. Um, those are my those are my three main squeezes, you know?
0: <laughs> my,
1: <laughs> do people still say that? <laughs> I,
0: think, I think now they do. <laughs> <laughs> Probably, yeah. I like it. But
1: yeah, yeah I do. Um, I'll shameless plug this. If you want to follow me on Instagram, you can. If anybody just wants to talk about anything, kids coming out, you coming out, you're not really sure how to... Deal with transition, you want to stop tea, you don't know what's going on, all the things. My Instagram is at transfer thought. Just hit me up. I'm mostly always there.
0: Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a great offer. Yeah. Yeah. We'll include all those things in our in our notes in the cool. show notes so folks can find it. Uh find all awesome. the things too. Thanks for joining me. And thank you for being a part of Take Notice in a in this way, but also in Helping with the marketing and social media, it's been really awesome, and I'm to work with you and I'm excited to continue doing that and um yeah, I mean all the things we just something just clicked, and here we are <laughs> doing the thing, and all the you posts did. that you put together are beautiful and it's just it's working really well, and I appreciate That's it great. a lot, a lot a lot, so
1: I'm so excited,
0: yeah, so thanks for doing this, yeah. and thanks for joining me and um yeah thanks so much
1: thank you i appreciate you a lot
0: (laughs) (laughs) thank you for joining us for take notice amplifying black stories Please subscribe and follow us on social media. We are at Take Notice Podcast. It would really help us out if you could take a couple of minutes to review our podcast. You can do so through your podcast app or by visiting our website. It's takenoticepodcast.org. Thank you for your support. Take Notice Amplifying Black Stories is produced, hosted, and edited by Allison preissender Heggins with help from many. Music by Version Big 5 featuring Darius Heggins. Thank you for being with us, and thank you for taking notice.